The Late Night Legends podcast is meant for an adult audience only. It may contain sexually oriented content. Content may not be suitable for sensitive listeners. Please be aware of your surroundings. Listener discretion is advised. Podcast radio show, Frank Barrientos, United States of America. I'm here with Mick, my co-host. Hey guys, how's it going? We're going to talk about some axe murders tonight. Some vicious, vicious axe murders. <laughs> so a uh, little update for everybody uh, before we get into the topic. Um, we, we posted about this on social media, so if you follow any of our avenues, you should have seen an announcement here, but we're going to be taking April off. So any content that may come through on April, uh, it's going to be pre-recorded premium content or just, uh, you can consider it like bonus content. I don't want to say premium yet, but it should be bonus content. I don't know if there will be any, but we should be having an episode next week where Allie will be making up her topic, which is the uh, Spider-Man butcher and other stuff. I don't really know much about her topic. She had like three topics. Like yeah. she was loaded up. Valentine's Day mas- Massacre, Miami Butcher, and then there's like a Spider-Man Slayer thing. And then um, cool thing, we're gonna pl- we're planning an outing. I don't want to really give any details, but that's going to be really fun for us to all film together. And uh, yeah, we might offer some of that. Uh, some of that is premium content. I don't know if we should, though. I'll have to talk with you guys and find out what we're going to do. But um, this week and next week, uh, this week, Mick will be the co-host with her topic. Next week will be Allie. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be off next week, so it'll only be Allie and I uh, tag-teaming it. So, uh, yeah, whole month of April is off, and then our next show would be May 2nd, I think, is the first Monday in May. So you'll get everybody, Nick, Ice Queen, Wasika... And you, and Allie, and yeah, sort of take every letting everybody take a little bit of a break because it's a, a crazy time of year with everything reopening and COVID going away. Everybody's kind of returning to work, including myself, which sucks because I like being able to roll over and start work. <laughs> <laughs> That's no exaggeration. Uh, I like doing that, but I won't be able to do that very soon. And we'll see what happens. Uh, anything going on with you that you want to report or anything newsworthy that I forgot? to? Nothing mention? newsworthy. Just I'm slowly finishing my MBA program and boy, am I ready for it to be over. I'm sure you don't want to delve deeper into that, but <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to shit on my group. <laughs> It just occurred to me that I'm wearing my, I'll edit this out, but I'm wearing my workplace team building exercise shirt. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to give any more info there. I don't necessarily want anyone to know my workplace, although I'm pretty sure that if anyone looked it up, it wouldn't be too difficult to find. If uh, you would like to delve into Frank's life, by all means, do that at your own I don't think prerogative. I, I don't think I'm that hard to stock, really. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, Guess we should no, just- I, 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 I'm looking forward to finishing my MBA program just because I'm sick and tired for the most part. I don't know if you had this experience, Frank, because uh, you went, this is an all online program, but there are these discussion posts you have to do and you have to do citations in your discussion posts. And then you have to reply to two people 
on different days and you have to cite in your reply. So you can't just be like, hey, I really enjoyed reading your thing. Like it was really like awesome. Great job, blah, blah, blah. You have to be like, no, let me like bullshit some thoughtful nonsense. So it sounds like I actually give two shits. You know what? You know what? I had a, a similar experience. I used to take online classes like that um, a couple of years ago. But the funniest part about mine was that the professor would ask questions and it was like a forum uh, style and he'd ask a question and there was usually just one answer and then so like you'd have to extrapolate and give your answer but the problem was that usually it'd be one person me and then this other girl I think her name was Meredith we used to reply first and then everybody else in the class would just agree with us or just copy and paste and reword and if, if we were all right, we were all right. And like, if Meredith got the question wrong and everybody just did that, everybody would get it wrong. Remember my, that particular class was a copyright law, not copyright law. It was just law. It was taught by this professor who was like in Congress. His name was Stanley Dale. Did a lot, like a lot of family law now, but he was like a big time dude. And I remember like going through a snowstorm to be in his class and all this stuff. And then I was really worried because our law textbook was like three inches thick with a really small font and I never did the readings. And then uh, the bullshit part of the whole thing is like we all showed up to the final and it was right before Christmas because that's when the class ended. And he was like, okay, out of all of you that showed up, I, th I want to say the class was only like 20 people, but like eight showed up for the final. It's like, okay, everybody that showed up for the final, you're all just going to get A's. Not for the final, for the class. Without huh. considering any homework, he just wrote down our names, and as a Christmas gift, he just let us go home and gave us A's for the entire semester. It was glad you wasted your time doing assignments. Well, any learning I would have done would have been stuff that I would have come across to try to like learn, but like that's not that's not teaching, you know. So, in other news, I've paid off enough of those student loans to qualify for application to have those forgiven, so I'm going to be doing that. That's some great news for me personally today. So, uh, yeah. All, uh, all great stuff. Um, I think we should just jump in. All right, let's let's get into the Velisca Axe Murders. Is that how you say it? Velisca? People have asked me about it. And I, 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 I was saying Vasiaka. Velisca, Velisca. Velisca, yes. Okay. It's Iowa, man. We don't have class over in Iowa. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I live here. I can shit on Iowa. Okay. I guess I'll, I'll give you that. So I used three sources for this story. I used iowacoldcases.org, wikipedia.org, and the book, A Nightmare in Velisca, Investigating the Haunted Axe Murder House. Wanted to give a little citation out there. Shout out to those amazing nice. sources. Nice. So Villisca is a city in Montgomery County, Iowa, located in the southwest corner of the state. As of the 2020 census, the population was 1,132. So it's kind of a really fucking small town. And this town is most known for the 1912 Villisca Axe murders. So on Sunday evening of June 9th, 1912, Josiah, also known as Joe Moore, and his wife, Sarah Moore, took their four children, Herman, 11, Catherine, 10, Boyd, 7, and Paul, 5, to the Children's Day service at the local Presbyterian church. Um, and accompanying them were two neighbor children, Lena and Ina Stillinger. Mm. The girls had asked their parents permission to stay the night with the more children and their parents agreed which ended up being a decision they would grow to regret for the rest of their lives because some shit goes down <laughs> so the children's day service was an end of year sunday school program which sarah moore the mother of the more children was the co-director her children performed some little speeches and recitations along with other sunday school members after the performance, a social mingling was held that lasted until around 9.30 p.m. After the social, the Moore family headed home on foot with their guests on that cloudy, damp, and cool night. 
That would be the last time anyone saw the Moore family and the Stillinger children alive. The Moores and their guests walked the three blocks to their home where the parents ended the evening with, of the festivities with cookies and milk for the children. Shortly after that, everyone went to bed. Sometime after midnight, an unknown person entered the Moore backyard, grabbed Joe, the father's axe, from the backyard, entered the house, because apparently locking doors in that time was not a practice that people... <laughs> did i don't there's some people that just won't lock their doors even today yeah so they grabbed joe's axe and then they walked into the house and bludgeoned to death all eight of the home's occupants <laughs> by 7 30 a.m the next day an elderly neighbor who's a bit of a nosy person according to angelique bones a nosy bitch who lives up the street uh, Mary Peckham became concerned that the Moore house seemed quiet and deserted. So she called Joe, the father's brother, Ross, the local druggist. Ross arrived at the house around 8 a.m. to check on the family and make sure everything was okay. And he was nowhere near prepared for the scene that awaited him inside. As he entered the house, the smell of blood overwhelmed him. As he explored the downstairs, a portion of the house, he entered a bedroom and saw two figures covered in a sheet at the back of the room in bed. He also noticed that the sheet was covered in blood. Ross quickly left the room and ran to the phone to call Joe's hardware store, telling the employee who answered, Ed Sally, to go get the marshal, Henry Horton, and send him to the Moore house because something terrible had happened. Wow. Uh, Marshall Hank arrived at the Moore house around 8.30 and went through the house investigating what happened. Hank discovered that every occupant of the house was murdered in the bed they had been sleeping in. The murderer also left behind many bizarre things. The murder weapon was found partially cleaned and leaning against the south wall of the downstairs bedroom where the visiting Stillinger's girls were found. Next to the partially cleaned axe was a four pound slab of bacon leaning against the wall. It's my kind of murderer. <laughs> <laughs> the murderer also searched the dressers in each room for a piece of cloth, which they used to cover every mirror in the house and the glass in the entry doors. The final bizarre touch was a plate of uneaten food and a bowl of bloody water found on the kitchen table. <laughs> So this guy, I don't know what this person was doing. <laughs> you just wanted to eat some food and then have some bacon for later. Okay. Just, just I, like, here's a slab of bacon. Let me just leave it next to the axe. I was going to save it for later, but I realized I need to vamoose out of this murder scene. <laughs> and just partially clean the murder weapon. Not fully and just clean. partially clean it. Not fully just, clean it. Just I'm like, just going to scrub it a little bit and that's good enough. Just a wipe down, you know? So <laughs> all the victims of this brutal crime were found in their beds, their heads covered with a sheet and their skulls having been bashed in 20 to 30 times with the blunt end of the ax. So he didn't even use the sharp end of the ax. How do you use the blunt of an end of an ax? Do you think he like turned it around and then like hit him with the wood or do you think he like No, I'm think like there's you know how there's like the blade side and then there's like the side oh, that's mounted. So you think on? he just turned it around to hit somebody with the not blade side? Yeah, with the not blade side. I mean, if you're gonna kill them regardless, why not? Just... It would be more merciful to just use the blade side so that you kill them quicker, in my opinion. It probably hurt more at the beginning too. I mean, to bludgeon, I'd imagine, be like a dull pain. Maybe he wanted the suffering. It, I mean, it gets more fucked up. Okay. All right, so um, the ceiling in the parents' bedroom and the children's rooms showed gouge marks caused by the upswing of the ax. So he was using the not sharp side. So when he swung up oh. to smack down, he actually like clipped the ceiling with the actual sharp end of the ax. So here's where it gets a little bit more fucked up. Lena Stillinger's nightgown had been pushed up and she'd been left exposed, but there was no evidence of any sexual assault. It's theorized that the killer sat at the end of the bed Lena was in and did his thing, got off on it. Um, 
obviously it's unproven, but there was some evidence that she was the only person who woke up before getting murdered. And the fact that she was awake when she was killed might've aroused the murderer. And that's why she was displayed the way that she was. This is all hearsay because this is, because I spoiler alert they never figured out who killed everyone. What? Yep, yep. Um, so in addition to being left exposed, uh, Lena had blood stain a blood stain on her knee, knee and an alleged defensive wound. So it was it was theorized that she woke up, freaked out the killer. The killer killed her. And the fact that she was aware of what happened aroused him, and that's why that happened. So the more Stillinger funeral services were held two days after the Velis in the Velisca Town Square on June 12th of 1912. Thousands of people attended, and the National Guardsmen blocked the streets as the hearse moved towards the firehouse where the eight victims lay. Their caskets were not displayed during the funeral and were later carried on several wagons to the Velisca Cemetery for burial. So let's get into our main suspect now. Okay. So Reverend George, Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kenny arrived in Velisca for the first time the Sunday morning of the murders and attended the Sunday school performance by the Stillinger girls before departing early Monday. At 5.19 a.m. the morning following the murders, Kelly left Velisca on board the westbound number five train and allegedly allegedly told follow, fellow travelers that there were eight dead souls back in Velisca, Iowa, that were butchered in their beds while they slept. This was odd since the bodies were not discovered until after 8 a.m. that morning. Kelly returned to Velisca two weeks later, posing as a detective and joined a tour of the murder house with a group of investigators. Reverend Kelly, the son and grandson of English ministers, had suffered a mental breakdown during adolescence. And as an adult, he immigrated to America with his wife in 1904. He preached at Methodist churches across North Dakota, Minnesota, Kansas, and Iowa. He'd been assigned as a visiting minister to several small communities north of Villisca, where he developed a reputation for odd behavior. He'd also been convicted of sending obscene material through the mail and had spent time in a mental hospital. <laughs> How do you send obscene material? I, like old timey porn? Old timey dick pics? <laughs> old timey dick pics like he spent the money to get dick pics taken so he could you, send them through the mail or do you think i mean listen so i am aware that if you were to try to have something like that okay so like i took photography in college it was one of my first classes and they taught us to develop film and i can tell you that the person teaching the class said that if anybody receives like porn or naked things they have to be really careful about developing them, I and a lot of times they'll like outright refuse it or have police do a wellness check. So here's what I'm thinking: it's possible that either this guy was developing film himself, or B, maybe he was drawing porn. <laughs> <laughs> he was drawing. He's got like a little pet, like a little charcoal. <laughs> He's like, all right, let's go. He's like. <laughs> That would this, be amazing. Do you ever see an artist do this move where they like lick their thumb and they're like, <laughs> "Yep, yep, yep." Oh my god! He's like this. This lewd picture is perfect. Let me send it through the mail. I also want to say that the whole story about what happened seems funny. It's like the killer meets the wife, and I just imagine a scenario where the killer has the axe. He's like, "Ah!" and the wife is like, "Ah!" And like they both do that, and then the wife drops dead, and then he's like, "Well, as long as I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> Let me just. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to hell. Oh, we all are. It's fine. It's gonna be a party. Hey, at least Leia will be there, right? Is that, That's true. Is it presumptuous? Presumptuous to say that? I think Leia would be there. I think everybody. Wazzy's going. I'm going. I'm gonna be there. I think uh, Allie's probably going too. Probably, probably. There's a good chance. I think all of the legends would be going. It's going to be a party. It's going to be the best time. 
while we're all burning in sin. Well, <laughs> I hope it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I, I, personally, I do think about death a lot. And it's actually like the most terrifying thing you can think of. Well, we'll talk about that later. Continue on with the. With the All right, story I got I got now. a little bit more here. Yeah. So authorities first became interested in Reverend Kelly a few weeks after the murders, when they were alerted by recipients of rambling letters that Kelly wrote, where he alluded to the murders. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker could not help himself. Guess what, motherfucker? <laughs> Sorry, I tried to play the what drop, but press the guess what, motherfucker, too. <laughs> This guy's so crazy. He's rambling. He's like, how do you, first of all, how do you ramble in letters? Secondly, this guy either like wrote a rambling letter and then sent his dick with like that he drew. Or he, <laughs> with a charcoal yeah, drawing of his dick. I think at that time the cameras weren't that great. So, you know, it had to have one of those lenses, which was like a, a cloth lens that like stretches out like an accordion. <laughs> Probably like, oh my God. What's his, what's his name again? Do you have his name? Can I look this Rev, up? Reverend Kelly. His name is George Lynn Jacqueline Kenny. Okay. Kelly. 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 Okay. Uh, so a grand jury indicted Kelly for Lena Stillinger's murder, and he was interrogated throughout the summer of 1917 while in jail awaiting trial. On August 31st of 1917 at 7 a.m., Kelly signed a confession to the murder saying God had whispered to him to suffer the children to come unto me. And then Kelly later recanted the confession at trial and his case went to the jury on September 26th of 1917. The jury deadlocked 11 to 1 for acquittal. A second jury was impaneled but ended up acquitting Reverend Kelly in November, even though the motherfucker admitted to it. And no one else has ever been tried for the murders, and the crime remains one of the most horrific unsolved mass murders in American history. Unsolved? Unsolved, yes. Quote, unquote. Um, in recent years, the Veluska uh, Axe Murder House has become a hotspot for paranormal investigators. Some believe the spirit of the killer resides in the home, and many have tried to contact the killer to uh, finally identify them. Mm. Doors open on their own. People have been scratched. Words come through on come through spirit boxes EVPs have been captured the voice of a little girl has been heard in the front room and a former resident was sharpening a knife in the kitchen when an unseen force turned the knife on him and forced him to stab himself in the chest what and uh, in conclusion I there's there's much more haunting stuff that I could go into, but I would have to read the book that I cited. I only perused the mm. first portion mm. of it. But I, many popular ghost shows um, have investigated at the house, including Ghost Adventures and the Ghost Show Kindred Spirits, and many others have been at the Velisca Axe Murder House. And most of them focus on trying to identify who the murderer is, because it's it's widely believed that the killer spirit is still in in the house somehow which i don't quite understand but ghost hunters really think it is yeah i uh i looked up a picture of this uh this guy he kind of looks like steve buscemi but like with a much smaller face he's like a little guy he's like there's a picture of him standing next to a woman he's much shorter i'm trying to i'm trying to think of somebody he he kind of looks like but i don't know he doesn't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who to compare him to, but feel for everybody. Feel free to look him up. Now, how about you, Mick? What's your take on all this? Do you think? Uh, do you think he did it? <laughs> I I think he fucking did it. He admitted to it. You know, I he also he also was like the fact that before the bodies were even found, he was at the train station rambling about, oh, there are eight lost souls in Villisca. How the fuck do you know that? It's not divine intervention. I would I would take an approach if he ever gets interrogated to be like, so what kind of bacon do you like? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> get the other details. You know, if he's a if he's a vegan, you know, maybe it wasn't him. I will say, did that, vegans exist in the early 1900s? I'm sure they did to some extent. I mean, in the 1900s, in the early part, sometimes meat was questionable. Uh, it wasn't the efficient quality that it is today. And that's why 
eventually the ju- the book The Jungle was ripped in, written by Upton Sinclair because, like, the whole industry was kind of shady and sketchy. It was fucked up, man. Yeah, and before that in the Civil War, like, you'd get a ration of meat, which was just, like... Mystery meat? It was, it was mis- what it was. Mystery meat, and they had, like, weird salt pork that was, like, not like what you are used to today. So, like, I, I could see more people being vegetarian or vegan back then, but... I don't know, I feel like food was harder to come by. That's one thing I would say is, like, if you transported somebody from an olden time to present, I think one of the things they'd be impressed with was which would be, like, our variety and availability of food. They'd probably become obese really quickly, because they'd be like, I'm sorry, you have food all the time? Nom, 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 I, nom, I nom, nom, blame nom, them. Nom. I'm like that, and I'm a modern-day man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, uh, I will say that I... I do know that some people do like taking credit for murders that they have not committed. Um, there's like the uh, the Zodiac killer who they haven't really proven to be anyone. There's been so many people over the years that have taken credit for those kills. So that well, my thing is, he took credit in a sense for the killing before anyone knew it happened. Yeah, that that is fucked up. They should have really taken him to jail and stuff. How about uh, the haunting aspect of it? Do you believe that he would be haunting the area? I don't think... See, for, from my perspective, I don't think he himself would be haunting the house. I think the victims would be haunting the house, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think that he himself would be... Or whoever it is, he or she, I don't... I mean, I don't know. I don't think that they would be haunting the house. Because it doesn't make sense unless there was some... Like... Like, it was their biggest regret, and their soul somehow became attached to it. But based off of the bacon slab next to the fucking axe, I don't think there was a big regret. I don't think so either. I, uh... I don't know. It's it's a strange thing. Sometimes I feel like with some of these uh, reality ghost shows, they kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel with ideas of, like, where to go. And oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, it's trash TV. Well, yeah. Like, I was watching, um... Uh, so, like, a little history about me and my interest in trash paranormal TV. My, my favorite show was Paranormal State, which was, like, headed up by Ryan Buell. Then the guy, like, got arrested and, and convicted of, like, beating his partner. Because he's, he's, like, openly bisexual. So it's, like, his male partner, like, took him to jail. And then, like, he was... You actually turned me on to that show. I've, I have now watched Paranormal State. Oh, that's a State. great show. Uh, the biggest best take back is they have uh this psychic called chip coffee who nick is also aware of that they, they're on kindred spirits that person is on kindred yes, spirits he's, he's amazing i've even i've even thought about going to his show he, he's come to chicago before uh he he's a person that will go and set up a, a thing where he'll talk and then approach people in the audience and and ask them about oh, is this ghost following you which you know i may or may not even believe it I'm like 99% sure fake, but like, I would love to be proven wrong. You know what I mean? So, well, I mean, a lot of, a lot of that is cold reading, but Chip Coffee, based off of what I've seen from his performance on various shows, like Paranormal State and Kindred Spirits and that, like, I believe that he's psychic. Yeah, I I would think so too. I believe it. And I know we've talked about cold reading, but for anybody listening who doesn't know about cold reading, why don't you elaborate on what that even is? Well, cold reading is where you throw out an idea and you see how a person reacts and based off of their reaction and their micro expressions, like you have to be very good at reading a person and their micro expressions. You can gleam the truth, whether whether they're relating to what you said, like the whatever bullshit you threw out. And then based off of the off of their reactions, you can tailor your responses where they think you're you're reading their mind but really you're just reading their reaction and telling them what they want to hear yes and somebody who is really good at that skill if they don't go into the paranormal if they become a lawyer that can be a skill that you could use to lead a witness which is actually something that a, a different opposing lawyer can object to but if you lead a witness it's sort of like you're asking questions in a way that makes them divulge information in a way where it makes them seem guilty. It's kind of the same type of manipulation. I found that parallel. I was reading about it, but like there is a parallel there where it's like some people that have the skills with talking. It's like, it's like a really crazy skill to even have. Like, how do you get that? It's like, I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know about that, but 
That's pretty funny. I don't have the skill. I, I'm glad that you I'm glad that you watched that show. It was a show that I binged watched back then, but like Ryan Buell is kind of a piece of shit. Uh he Oh, he's totally a piece <laughs> of shit. Like I remember there was one episode where he had like some they went to a site where he had some kind of profound experience. And they weren't taking it seriously enough for him. So he threw a temper tantrum and was like, well, fuck you guys. I'm not going to tell you what, what happened here. And like stormed off. And they were like, okay, I guess. Did you, was was Sammy in the background watching like, wow, a bigger diva than me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He was like, well, you thought I was bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's had uh, assault charges I think I mean I was like watching it as it was going down over the years his his mom came on some news show and was telling people like don't donate to him don't encourage him it's all bullshit it's all fake it's all an act and this is the guy's mom and then here's the thing though like yeah it sounds like he's a piece of shit but I also think that hopefully He's somewhat redeemable, too. Like, I don't know. I like to think that people can be redeemable for their actions, and that might be foolish of me. That's just how I feel about it. Maybe he did hurt his partner, and yeah, that's a shitty thing to do, and that makes him a shitty person. But, like, if that is the case, hopefully he's learned from it and can move on and and won't be doing that again. Uh, I happened to catch him on a live stream on Facebook, of all places, which is a weird avenue. And he was promoting... That is very weird. (laughs) It's got some kind of weird paranormal society that he started that you pay to get in. You you pay into it, and then it's like a monthly charge, and then you're able to, depending on, I think, like, the tier of what you what you pay for, you could, like, have more interaction with him. And then, like, I don't know. He was just talking about that and then talking about how he's looking for people that have been haunted to go and see them. And, like, one thing I will say about him is, like, if any of the allegations are true, which for reading his story, it seems like they're very true, I wouldn't want this guy necessarily coming to my house to investigate anything. You know what I mean? At the very least. Yeah, it's it kind of sounds like maybe maybe some space yeah, would I mean, be I ideal. At the very least, he needs to give up his... I don't know how to, how to put it or how to phrase it, but I feel like he needs to give up his expertise in this field and needs to get out of the spotlight a little bit and maybe just kind of rebuild if if he is well because the thing is that the people like katrina wiseman who was on paranormal state she has found great success in her career uh she does paranormal lockdown she does uh portals to hell she has a bunch of shows that she's doing like i think she's one of the people who originally came out and said that like the whole show was staged in bullshit uh, oh really? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, which got her into legal trouble because she's on the show. There's a there's a couple people that came out and, and said that uh, about Paranormal State and just Ryan Buell in general. Um, it's still all together. I still love watching the show. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like it's like all of it is bullshit. Like all of these ghost shows are bullshit, and they're just like for for the kind of people that we are. Yeah. There, it's it's just like it's it's so fucking entertaining that you're gonna watch it regardless, even if you know it's bullshit. Absolutely, you know I I love just being in a dark room on a Saturday night where I don't have to work the next day and just eating popcorn, like eating that and eating up the content, like eating that shit up, like yeah, go in that mental hospital, like go in that house. Uh, exactly. I I love that kind of shit. I just I, I wish I had more time for it, but. Right now, I'm just trying to catch up on scary movies. Um, I don't know if you like the scary movies, but I was talking to a coworker today about them, and there's some. He recommended I watch a movie called The Witch, which I've never heard of, but like I looked it never up. Never heard on, of that I, either. I looked it up on Google. It seems pretty cool. It's like an an old timey horror. Um, an old timey you know horror. Thinking, oh no! You know what I was actually thinking about having us do as as a group, as a legends group. Maybe on air is not the best place to discuss this, but. There are certain things you can go to, like you can book and attend a dinner. It's like a murder mystery dinner where you're having dinner yeah. and the lights go out, and then it's like you got to figure out who the murderer is by like using clues and stuff. I think that might be fun for an outing. That that night, uh, remember when I was looking dapper as fuck in my little vest with yeah, my fedora, with the burgundy vest. 
that was a 1920s uh like murder mystery night thing where you had to solve a bunch of puzzles to solve it just sounds fun i love it when people describe these things as who done it <laughs> we're gonna go play the who done it i want to do that um but yeah we'll we'll see it's it's just hard to get six people's schedules to align but we're we're trying for wait may we're trying for may, may yeah may say 20th or 21st 21st i think 21st that's when we're gonna try for so we'll see um we're gonna go to some haunted places we're gonna film ourselves it's gonna be amazing we're gonna have b-roll for ourselves it, yes that's one of the biggest take backs here if you're looking at my camera that i've upgraded here it, this is the same camera we're gonna take for our outing which should be really nice should be good um i know you I, i'll say this on air i know you recommended the cemetery in, in wrigleyville uh i don't want to take this camera to the city <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be that guy walking around with a gimbal because a lot of people get robbed. Um, that is fair. I will say that that cemetery in Wrigleyville, though, I remember uh, it was in grade school. We had to do a project on history of Chicago. And my mom was like, let's just do like, you want to do this haunted cemetery? Let's fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to your mom, by the way, who is going to be having her birthday soon. And I won't say when because I want to respect her privacy. But happy birthday. And Eva I'll, and I'll and I'll do something for it. We'll do something for it as a team. Uh, yep. Uh, no. So I went and we went during the day and we took pictures of all of the haunted. Uh, all of like like Pullman is buried in there oh, and okay. like there's history about how Pullman they had to bury him and then like lay concrete over it so people wouldn't defile his grave because he was so hated. Um. So, so yeah, I went there with my mom and we took pictures of all of like the haunted monuments and all of the like really cool looking ones. And I wrote little blurbs about it for school. So that one is near and dear to my heart just because uh, like I've been there when I was a kid before I even knew what hauntings really were. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Probably, probably caught some ghosts on camera and didn't even realize it. I went on a ghost tour once with an ex and her best friend and like some members of her family. We took a bunch of photos. I think that was probably one of the places we went. But uh, I took a photo of her and her best friend. And this is the same best friend who can corroborate the stories from my apartment that I had talked about in a previous show. Oh, I remember but that. What I did is I went after the fact into Photoshop and I photoshopped ghosts in there. And then I pretend I put them back on the camera. And then like she asked for the pictures. I think I gave her like the SD card or something. And then she pulled up the pictures on her computer. I'm like, what is that? And like for just like a brief moment in time, she's like freaking out about it. And then I kind of got beaten up a little bit because I was like, oh, <laughs> nah, I got you. I'll show you that picture if you want to see it, because it's like so cheesy. Like my Photoshop skills back then are not to like, obviously, they were not as good as they are now. But like I, it was a tough picture to do because like I wanted to blend it enough so you could see it but not blend it too much where you would miss it. And it was actually, I think she missed it the first at the first glance until I was like, what is that? Because you want somebody to find that organically as a prank. Your Photoshop skills, even when they were bad, greatly surpassed my Photoshop skills, which is just like copy, paste, done. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, with me and Photoshop, it, it is sort of the pinnacle of my expertise as a designer. I will say that it was the number one thing I wanted to learn when I was a teenager. And I had taken a Photoshop class with a lot of other of my peers who didn't even go into design or anything. And I remember I was like one of the best in the class and one of the worst simultaneously. Like I'll tell you that like the first day of class, I made some bullshit with filters. I just remember my buddy Harris looking over and he's like, wow, you've passed this class, but he was just being sarcastic because it was so bad. And then, um, we had a guest speaker come in and I don't remember what their credentials were. I think they wrote a book about how to use Photoshop and, and, and do that. And uh, we learned a very specific and important skill that I still use today, which is layer masking. And she gave us an assignment to do everybody like on the fly. And the best person who mastered the skill would get a copy of her book to make a long story short. I was not even in the top three. And that really, made me rage hard and really buckle down and try. And by the end of high school, I think it was the, I was 
I don't want to sound cocky, but like I was the best person for that discipline at that time, class of 2004. And I even helped out other students. Like if other students needed to learn something, like I was the teachers like go to like, yeah, go teach them to do this. And I'm not the best. I'm still not the best. I was never the best. I'm just saying that like I went and I got certified for it in college, which is great. So I got certified for Adobe Illustrator, Adobe Photoshop and Adobe InDesign, which is like the printing programs. And now I'm just learning Premiere, which I thought would be a really hard thing. But the thing about Adobe stuff is like if you know one thing, you kind of a lot of the tools kind of translate over very easily. So. I know none of the thing, none of the things. So what you're you're like speaking a completely different language. It's fine. It's you know what they're they're all rabbit holes that you can get down, and they could really eat into your time. So like, if you ever want to learn, I'd be happy to teach you. But it's it's a tough road to go down because there's like a lot of failure along the way, as as there is with Photoshop and everything. But uh, back on topic, though, is there anything else about this house that you want to talk about, or you want to just go into other stuff? No, I think that was that was about all I had. There's there's obviously more that I can go and do on the hauntings. I just didn't have time to to do the to read the book about the hauntings. But the fact that a guy granted, this is all alleged, Mm -hmm. a guy was sharpening a knife and then some sort of ghost was like, (laughs) you know what? No, you're going to stab yourself in the chest with this knife. That's like so fucked up. I feel like as a ghost, that'd be something that I would do. Just I would I would do that as well because I would be the biggest dick as a ghost. I would like. I don't know why this popped into my head, but I would I would do I would be the ghost that would wait for somebody to leave. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, where like you're you're really like psyched up about a dinner, or you're hyped up about a dinner all day long, so you like have it in your fridge ready to either cook or maybe it's leftovers from like a really good. Oh yeah, oh I know that feeling so hard. As a ghost, I would take those leftovers or whatever that is and stick it in the freezer and hide it, so like if they came home they couldn't eat it because it'd be frozen solid <laughs> or just hidden away, and they'd find it months later like oh god damn it my lo mein was there the whole time. The pettiest of ghost oh, yeah. moves. I would, I would, I would make married couples fight because I would fuck around with the toilet seat, up and down. I could see myself doing a whole plethora of things. It just destroying relationships, one annoying thing at a time. I would just, I would just annoy people, like just. Well, that that actually reminds me of the Black Monk House story that I did a few weeks back because. Like the couple, the 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 husband and wife actually started getting into fights because they were like, stop touching my shit. And they're like, I didn't touch your shit. But the fucking poltergeist was being a little dick and moving their shit around. I think that my parents go through a lot of that, too, but it's actually each other that touch their stuff. Like my parents are getting older uh, and they're starting to forget things. I've noticed with my parents that they really are bad about. If they make coffee, they'll forget they've made a pot of coffee. So then it's ice cold in the pot. So they'll take it and microwave cups of coffee individually. But what they'll do is they'll put a cup of coffee in there and then just fucking forget about it for hours. Oh, no. Oh, no. So uh, I can tell you that I've heard them have like little bickering where they'd be like, oh, where did you put this? You disappeared it. And the other one would be like, I didn't disappear. Shit. But like clearly somebody was trying to organize something and they put it somewhere and to keep it nobody can remember where it was they don't remember doing it so it's like ah you know (laughs) or like and i'm not even talking about like okay my mom will take something of my dad's and try to organize it somewhere and forget about it i'm talking about like my dad will take something organize it he'll forget and it's his own things it's his own stuff he'll forget where he put it but then he'll blame my mom (laughs) where did you put my shit That's amazing. Uh, so it'd be really easy to fuck with these people as a ghost. I would do it. I would do everything. Ding dong ditch. I would open their mail like it's sensitive mail. I would like, I don't know, turn their webcam on when they're not looking, when their back is turned. That's got to be fun. Oh, so so you, you would just be the biggest asshole oh, possible I, as well, a ghost. I, I would also say that I'm not going to just haunt anyone. I, I don't think that's fair. I would only haunt really horrible people. I, I agree with that. Like if I if I died and it I was subjected to being a ghost, 
I'd be like, okay, who's the worst person? Yeah. Let me fuck their shit up. There are so many shitty people out there. Today I was out uh, and I was driving and some asshole, and this is like on the same block as a, a, an elementary school. He's on a motorcycle. He cut in front of me, honked the horn at him. He drove up onto the sidewalk on a motorcycle, drove three houses just on the sidewalk and then pulled into his own driveway. And it's like, you couldn't drive three houses worth of road distance. Yeah. In the street and then turn into your house. You had to go on the sidewalk and cut in front of me like a fucking dickhead. That's the type of dude I'd haunt. I'd haunt him too. You know what a fucking prick really. You can really see how shitty people are by the way they drive and treat others while driving. You ever want to, if you go on it, like if you're, if you're considering making it official with someone or going out on a date and you really want to see how that person is, get in the car with them and have them drive in the city or have them drive somewhere where they have the opportunity to be shitty to somebody else and then see how they react to things. That's true. That is a really good fucking indicator because there are some people who are just like the most aggressive drivers and it's like, okay, you need to go to therapy because you need some anger management because whatever it is that you're doing needs to not be happening. Well, like, yeah. And as someone like, so I consider myself to be a good driver I've never been in any accidents. I have never, I've only gotten one speeding ticket my whole life. And that was when I was like 21. And so like no accidents, nothing. My insurance is awesome. And I do feel like I can drive aggressively when I have to like certain city driving, especially like on the expressways. Like if you don't, if you're not a little aggressive in some of the things that you do, you have to, you have to be inherently aggressive when you're on the expressway, just even to get into the lane that you need to be in to go where you're going. I think to be more specific, you need to be aggressively defensive. Uh, but there are people who are aggressively offensive drivers and they'll cut people off and they'll just me, 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 I'm the most important. And they'll go like a hundred miles an hour and they'll do all these weird things. And like, I hate to say the stereotype, but I feel like a lot of motorcycle riders are the worst. I was driving this weekend too. I w- so like there's two guys that were riding next to each other and they weren't on regular motorcycles. It was like sort of those, those big riders with like, they actually have four wheels, but it's like one wheel in front and then three behind all next to each other with the big, uh, I don't know the wheel covers on the back. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Fancy trikes, fancy trikes. So like they were both riding on these fancy trikes. That's a nice word. And uh, that's, that's my best way to emasculate men who, who are in glorified tricycles. Well, yeah, so like they were driving aggressively and just when they weren't happy with the traffic flow, they were driving in the middle like on the line for the road because it was just two lanes. Uh, this is on Irving Park in Schiller Park, by the way, for anybody who's looking. Oh, jeez, Louise. Seriously? Yeah. So then I actually had to make a lane change. So like I made my lane change and I got in between them and I was thinking to myself, oh, did I get in between you and your friend? Oh, I'm sorry. You can't drive next to him. So then we got to a red light and the dickhead goes around me driving through the lane. So he kind of goes around me but like goes into the lane of oncoming traffic goes, oh love just, that for him just, that just sounds to go great next to his friend and by the way half of the fucking motorcycle was sticking out into the oncoming traffic lane and then every other car had to like go around like swerve a little bit around it i'm like dude you're a fucking dickhead and the same thing they were going 100 miles an hour. Well, not 100. That's an exaggeration. But in Schiller Park, the speed limit's 35. They were probably going easily 50. And then just, like, driving in between cars and going in front of them and just doing literally whatever the fuck they want to do. I would haunt their asses. I would haunt people like that. Um, but there's a lot of people I'd haunt, I feel like. Th- those kind of people deserve to be haunted. You just give a... What I really hate is, like, I respect people who ride. I really do. And I want to believe that people are nice, but, like, that's one thing about that image is like one or two shitty experiences can ruin the perception from everybody to the point. Oh where yeah. Where Without just, a doubt. Yeah, especially like people who do bikes and ride motorcycles and shit. All it takes is for assholes like that to bother somebody enough. And then <laughs> they could just judge everybody. But I'm trying not to be like that. I, I do live like half a mile away from not even half a mile, like two blocks away from a Harley Davidson dealership. So I like those people are really in this area. And a lot of them, like I would say like, 90% of them are just super nice. 
So, but there's there's the one or two assholes that ruin it for the bunch. It's the 10% that ruins it for everybody. And honestly, like, you don't notice the 90%. You only notice the 10% that, like, cuts you off and drives stupid or right on the shoulder to get ahead of everybody. Oh, that right in the shoulder shit, man. Ugh. That stuff pisses me off so much. Oh, man. I got I can have a whole podcast episode about that, but it wouldn't be paranormal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, I don't know. So we're thinking for the outing going to... St. Charles, Illinois. There's a, a castle out there that we could see. It's called like Durnham Castle, I think. Ooh, a castle. And I'm down. There's also woods that are haunted. Uh, Munger Road, which they made a movie about. There's a lot of things. So um, I'm like super excited, but I'm going to be the biggest bitch baby when we get there. I'm just going to be like, ah! That's kind of like Nick too, though. Like Nick is all like psyched to go out and do like haunting stuff but he ain't fucking with no Ouija board like he'll go to the location of the Civil War but like if there's a haunted tower fuck I'm not stepping one foot in there like <laughs> I remember I remember he sent that message was like should I go inside and we're like yeah you should go inside and he's like no it seems creepy that's it's really it's funny because like even when we had our outing before you were hired on or we even had you on the radar we met up at this place He's like, oh, so are we going to take the EMF detectors out or, or whatever? And we're going to go, we're going to, are we going to do EVPs? And we're like, uh, we weren't going to do that, but I guess we could. He's like, I downloaded this app on my phone, but like, you can't try to do an EVP, but like be a scaredy cat at the same time. <laughs> like, no, you have to, you have to own it. You have to just live in that moment. <laughs> We'll see what happens. Uh, I hope it goes well. I'm really hoping to. Get I'm either going to be a little tiny bitch baby or I'm going to be like, yeah, more EVPs. Let's do it. I, I'm brave as shit. So like I, I'll I'll do whatever, but I can't speak to everybody else. I'm, I'm more thinking about like, what are we going to eat as a team for dinner? I'm thinking like they got a Giordano's out there. There's like a couple. Ooh, of, I would I could go for some Giordano's right now, actually. I love Giordano's, uh, but they got one of those. They got a couple of like, um. Mexican type places out there for like tacos, some tacos, tacos and burritos. Uh, It's really funny. I got in, I got into a a lift yesterday and like this lady was totally like looking me up and down and I had to apologize for her because like I actually forgot my mask and you have to have a mask if you're going to get into a lift. I don't, I don't know why, like I'm fully vaccinated and boosted and then she's like, I don't know, like, we're in Lyft drivers trying to make some small talk, so they want that They want that tip, you know? Yeah. She's like, so are you a Latino? And I'm like, oh, what gave it away? Because, like, I look like a white dude, through and through. And she's like, oh, uh, your name? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, and then, like, another minute of silence and awkwardness passed. She's like, so you speak Spanish? <laughs> This is like the most awkward lift ever. I, uh, I'm sure you get this kind of stuff too. Uh, I think the the, the the difference might be though is like I do speak Spanish, so like I talk to her in Spanish after that. Oh, I do not. I've had coworkers. There is one coworker that I thankfully don't work with anymore. But the first time she met me, she was like, "Oh, words in Spanish," and I was like, "Uh, I'm." Uh, where are I thought we were at work? I thought we spoke English. Here. I'm sorry, I thought like, this is America. She was like, Oh, I'm sorry, your last name. I assumed you spoke Spanish, and I was just like, Ich spreche Deutsch. Oh, and she was like, Oh, <laughs> and she like had like a little bit of like a blue screen moment. Play the clip. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. That was her completely. She was just like, oh, my goodness, what? Um, And then we never got along after that. And I personally despise her because she's terrible to women as a professional. There's a lot of that going on in the workplace. Uh, People are so shitty to each other in the workplace. I had this one person that I started to work with at this one company. And we were actually really okay friends at the start. We got hired for the same position. And I think the problem is like, we're both very competitive and, uh, we just started sort of competing against each other, especially when there was a team lead spot opened up and it got to the point where like, we just had a resentment for each other and what, I mean, I, I didn't really care. Well, I feel like the resentment was on her side, but I would just kind of shrug it off and just do my best. 
And then when it was time for the promotions, we both interviewed for the promotion for the team lead spot. And they actually gave it to her. And I was happy for her. And I said, congratulations. She said, thank you. And then the problem was that a lot of people knew that they were going to hire one of us from the team or promote one of us. So like a lot of people were like upset that I didn't get it. I'm like, guys, it's okay. And like, even the manager in my interview was like, yeah, if, if we had another opening, we'd give it to you. We were like, you guys are basically the same, but we thought she'd make a bigger stink if she didn't get it than you. I'm like, okay, that's flattering, <laughs> I guess, but that's kind of shitty too. <laughs> but that's a great rejection. Well, like she, we thought that she'd be shittier about losing it. So we gave it to her. That's my, uh, my manager, Alberto said that, but like, it's a backhanded compliment, uh, and it also sucks that I'm losing income there. But anyway, I did get the spot eventually, uh, and it's not that she got promoted or anything. It's just that they, we both had a spot. So within a matter of, like, three months, I also got it. And then she just was, like, so bad about talking behind my back, and I don't know why. And I remember somebody had to be like, yeah, you, you guys got some drama. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then... One day after, like, just months of, like, just behind-the-scenes trash-talking on her set, I'm like, can we bury the hatchet here? I'm like, I'm too old for this shit. And she's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I never, I've never hated you. I've never, I've never, uh, I've never had any issues. I'm like, all right, well, it seems like the whole team thinks there's some kind of animosity. Like, here's my number. Call me anytime. You know, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm trying to be somewhat of a friend. You know, I try to turn it into a friendship there. And then she's like, oh, okay. And then I remember, like, a month later, somebody brought it up to me. I'm like, yeah, we squashed that shit, like, a month ago. Like, there's no, there's nothing left here. And he was like, oh, no. Oh, no. She's, st- <laughs> she's still she's still up to her old games. I'm like, ugh. Oh, no. I'm so happy I left that company. Think about what they did to me there for a moment. They promoted her because they thought that I would not complain about not getting promoted like that's really shitty that's super shitty that's like promoting some or there was a situation someone i know the company was doing layoffs and this person got laid off because the person who got to keep their job in her stead they were like well we think that you'd have an easier job or an easier time finding a new job yeah, what than the her. fuck is that about that's garbage <laughs> Like, that's horseshit. Like, fuck you. If I'm the better candidate, keep me on. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. That particular job, man, it's, it was really surreal how things started to go really south there. Like, I remember when I got hired, it was a smaller company and I was through, I was with them through their growth, through through their growth. And we went through two different office spaces that we just expanded into. And by the time I was done working there after like three years, like there was a roster like a company roster and depending on what number you are on the roster, like where you are, the higher up you are, the older employee you are, but like they take people out who have quit or have left. So like I started out on the roster as number 30 out of a hundred, right? By the time I left, I was number three out of like 600, which means they'd lost all of those people that were before me. And it was really shitty. Like one of the directors had like charged that he raped a coworker and all this stuff. And like, Oh, it was, lovely. It was really that's bad. that's what you like to see. It was horrible. Like they, they hired this guy from my team that was doing coke. Oh man, I can tell you that story. That's a that's a work story. It's just it's fucking horrible, but I've told that story here on this podcast a few times. I don't know if you want to hear it, but maybe we should talk about something paranormal. Uh, uh we need to know topics that you guys want to hear about for May. We are think we are looking for ideas. Uh also, maybe I'll ask you this on air. Uh, Lord Cronus wants to know when you might be available to play Minecraft this week. Because we do that. Oh, I am available any day but tomorrow. Okay, we could try for Wednesday or Thursday. It's up to you. Uh, Lord Cronus is actually building a house kind of semi-near yours, so that's cool. Oh, nice. It's been a blast. I've played a couple times with him. Uh, but we'll, maybe, yeah, let's play, uh, maybe we can do Wednesday. That might be cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally any day but tomorrow because tomorrow is going to be me rushing to finish a school assignment. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to I don't want to snatch you up on Friday because that's your D&D night. I know you're serious about that. You know, that is true. You know what's really funny is like one of my dad's co-workers passed away. Uh, like, I don't know, this happened like 10 or 15, even 20 years ago. 
And so one of my dad's coworkers passed away and like they were going through his stuff at work and he was a dungeon master and he had like 30 different books of D&D that were from the 70s that he was collecting. Oh, geez. Seriously? Yeah. And he had them in a crate at the at the job site or like at his de- he had them in the file cabinet or something that he, like that's where his collection was. And I think, like, in between working, he would just, like, study these to be a better dungeon master. And my dad brought them home from my brother and I. Like, we get, like we don't even know that game. And it's so complicated to, if you don't know what you're even looking if you, at. If you don't understand it, you really don't understand it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That, that That's really cool. Like, I, I, I didn't know. There's been a lot of people that have wanted me to get into it. Mainly, like, Jackie, who's been on the show. I think even yeah. Jackie would get a Yeah, I, she was on the New Year's episode. I might invite her and Mike to uh, to come out with us, but I don't know. We'll see. I know that it's it's tough for them to uh, like. It's tough. They're very busy people. I I know Jackie's cool and all, but like she's like a celebrity. She's always got like friends and parties and yeah. But it'd be really cool to do that with you guys or check that out. I know she does a lot of games. I also want to play uh, Betrayal on House on the Hill with you guys, which is my favorite board game. I have it and the expansion, which is great. Oh, I'm totally down for oh my, that. Oh, my God. The only problem is that it takes a long time. And there's five players, so I would have to step out so you guys could all play, depending on who's on the team at that time. But, like, it's so much fun. Holy shit. It's just amazing. It's it's. I've played so many games. Like, again, the only problem is it takes a long time. And, like, I used to play with my ex. And for a while, we were doing, like, a, an adult game night where we'd invite, like, other couples over and like play games that was fun for a while but like some of those games man they'd last until like one in the morning (laughs) oh my god Nick, we invited this one guy over uh his name was tony and his wife and they would not fucking leave our apartment (laughs) and my my ex-girlfriend katie was even sleeping on the couch like full ugly sleep you know not even pretending to be sleep in a pretty way but just like full ugly like mouth open and, like, they couldn't take the hint. Like, it was time to go until I was like, okay, guys, I, I kind of got to kick you out now. It's, like, 2, 2 a.m., man. Like, <laughs> like get the fuck out. Just, like, leave now. I mean, Thank you. They're not bad people. They're just bad at taking the social cues. I don't know. You know That's what? so unfortunate. That's so unfortunate you know for them. I also think we should play is uh, Cards Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity with this, with, like, our crew would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, we played card, Cards Against Humanity with this Tony guy, and man, was he bad at it. And we played with his wife, and like, I'm so good at that game. And like, I remember he was just so bad that he was the last one to win, and I started having to throw, like, throw the game. Like, I had to start losing on purpose, and I still, he still was losing, even when I was trying to lose on purpose. Just cards that, like, didn't make sense, it, it would still not work, and I just questioned, like, this poor guy. <laughs> just I mean I guess you do have to kind of have that sense of humor but um I think he just really took it I mean on that night I think he took it personally that like my girlfriend and I were doing really well and his wife liked our cards more than his so he's like demasculated about it so he's like Rrr. you can tell he's just in a shitty mood that night oh my god uh, I wonder what he's up to now not playing cards against humanity no in fact, I think he got a divorce, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to talk too personally about him because I don't really know what's going on with him. But he's, he was a cool guy. I'll have to look him up and see what he's up to. Anyway, maybe we should start closing this thing up. What do you say? What do you say? I mean, we, we're, we're, we're at that hour mark. Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. All right, let me uh, play some wrapping up music. Ooh, I like this wrap-up music. It's called Murder Music. You guys want to check it out. Uh, final thoughts? Don't get axe murdered. If you can avoid being axe murdered, it would be ideal. (laughs) If you do- Just just avoid getting axe murdered. Do do your best. I would say, my closing thought, if there's an axe murderer coming for you, and you see that they're gonna use the blunt side of the axe, just ask them to just use the sharp side. Just- Yeah, exactly. Just put it out and be like, yo, wait, 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 can you just- can you flip it around and use the sharp side? Just say, like a, a less... Just put me out of my misery yeah. real quick. Maybe you're going to do it. Because here's the thing. If he just hits you in the face with a, or in the head with a, the blunt part, 
It might not be dead, it just might like hurt a lot. <laughs> That's true. That's extended, very true. That is a very good final thought. If somebody's coming to axe murder you, please request they use the sharp end of the axe because at least then you're you're done for real quick. If if we are all let's say we go out in this outing and the six of us see an axe murder and he lunges after us. Who would you think would die first? And if you died, how would you want to die? Oh, you're asking who the final girl in the story is? I am not answering that. I think the last one to survive would probably be Wazi. Uh, and that's just a guess on my part. But I really think that I would be the one that would try to body block the killer and run into his axe and just like pull it into myself so he couldn't go after anyone else. Just give you a couple minutes more to... To run. To run. You'd, yeah. you'd self-sacrifice. I would. I'd be that guy. That's I, I genuinely don't know how I would end up in the mix. I would definitely would not be the final girl. But I don't know how I would die. I have a feeling that Nick would be the type of dude who would like go up to him and try to punch him in the face. And like if it was... And then get axe murdered really well, yeah, quickly. But like, like, you know, like in some horror movies where you think like the regular guy can out punch the killer. And then like you just punch the killer and he doesn't feel anything. I feel like that would be Nick, and then he would just get like choke slammed, neck broken. I think Leia would put up. I think Leia would be the one to get something really creative, and try to like use a gadget of some kind that she MacGyvered in the woods, and then it wouldn't work, and then she would die. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Leia. I don't know about you. This is just how I see our crew. Uh, I think Allie would be the one that would die. Thinking that she killed the murderer, or he's already dead. And you know, like, the, the trope in movies where it's like, Oh, he's already dead, we killed him, yay! But, like, that person gets, like, a knife through the back of the yeah. head. Yeah. comes out the front. I feel like that would be Ellie. I'd, like, trip over a tree stump and, like, crack my head open and die not because of the axe murderer. <laughs> I could see you being the person that, like, has the keys to get into, like, the cabin. Or like to start your car and you're just like fumbling with the keys and you just can't get in. You're like, ah, fuck. You finally get it in, but realize it's like the wrong key and it's not even the car key. You're like, ah, shit. So you got to pull it out. <laughs> that That is the story of my life. Oh, man. It'll be funny. We're going to do the, hopefully when we have our outing, we'll do the thing where you put the baby powder on the car and then like see if anybody pushes across the tracks. Nice. We'll see. Anyway, have a good, have a good night and a good week. Next week, we're going to be talking with uh, Allie. Just me one-on-one. -on -one. Every anyone else is welcome to join from our team, but I don't think anybody will. It'll be St. Valentine's Day Massacre, the Spider-Man Killer, and then the Miami Butcher. Whatever those things are. I know a little bit about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. St. Valentine's Day Massacre I know about. The other one's completely clueless on. Take care of yourselves. Say hi to your mom. We will see you on social media. And until next time, this is Late Night Legend signing off. Have a great night. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.